this is Harrison. I'm the pastor here at Kingdom Church. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. This is the fourth and final in our series entitled Chosen. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Uh, We are a part four of our series Chosen. Just make some noise if you've been here for any part of our series so far. That is awesome. We've, uh, throughout this series, been discussing uh, the idea that God has chosen each and every one of us for a purpose, and God has a purpose for your life, and I hope that throughout this series, you guys have seen that, and you've started to believe that. Uh, My name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here at Kingdom Church, and we just want you to know that we're willing to do whatever it takes for you to experience who Jesus is. Uh, I want to read a verse to get us started today. It's going to bring us in the direction that I want to go. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and it says this. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Someone say preach. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. How many guys know it's not always going to be the best time? Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will let them, who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. I wonder if you guys could help me uh, tell everyone the title of my sermon this morning, the final, uh, the final part of our chosen series. If you guys could just say, the power, the power. of me. The power of me, the title of our message this morning is The Power of Me. Uh, I don't know if this has happened to any of you guys before, uh, but have any of you guys ever been on Facebook before and uh, you're watching a video and then all of a sudden you get caught in that like Facebook uh, like time warp where you've watched like five videos and you don't know what's happened with your life? Has that happened to anyone here before? We can be honest with each other. We can be honest, Kristen. My wife said no. Uh, I was watching a video this week, and uh, what the video was, it was a video of this, this man who was a vegan. I don't know if you guys have heard this joke before, but how do you know if someone's a vegan? They'll tell you, so don't worry about it. Uh, I was watching uh, this video, and this guy was a vegan, and so what he did, he was not just a vegan, he decided that he wanted to be completely waste-free, completely waste-free. Have you guys ever seen or heard of that before? And so it showed him in his, in his everyday life, and I was watching this video, and so everything that he cooked with was 100% organic. So it was like a vegetable or a plant, and uh, the guy looked like he ate pretty good. Like he had fettuccine, and he had tacos, and he was 100% organic, and every single thing that he did not cook, he would either put it into a vegetable broth, or he would go to a compost and get rid of it because he wanted to live completely waste-free. And it showed him at the grocery store, and he's at the grocery store, and as he was there, like, he was using reusable bags. He refused to even use the bags that the grocery store gives you. It showed him at Bulkbin. You guys like, how long did you watch this video for? It showed him at Bulkbin, and at Bulkbin, he even had, like, these mini reusable bags so he could fill it up with his peanuts and his nuts and uh, all of these things. And you guys are wondering, why did I watch this whole video? Uh, especially because I'm not someone that recycles. Uh, in fact, I'm against the no-straw movement. You guys heard of the no-straw movement? I don't believe in the no-straw movement. 
I like straws. Uh, this guy probably wouldn't like me because I don't recycle. But uh, as I was watching this video, it was really interesting, and it got me thinking because at the end of his video, he said something that stuck out to me. He said, my life goal, my goal in life is to make it so people would have no idea I was even on this earth. He said, I want to leave this place leaving no trace behind. And as he said that, it got me thinking, and I wondered how many of us are going to leave this earth and leave absolutely nothing behind. You see, this, this guy in the video, he was speaking about his carbon footprint, uh, but what I'm asking is a question about legacy. What are you going to leave behind? I wonder if there are people in this room and you're on track not to leave anything behind. You see, what's interesting is we live in a time and a place like never before where people are craving fame. People want to be known. People want notoriety. That's why we post everything, because we hope that one day someone's going to notice it. My mom is always like, oh my gosh, take a video so you can be on Ellen. We're like, mom, her name's Ellen. And no, because everyone wants to be famous and everyone wants to be known. But what's interesting and what I believe to be true is there is a difference between fame and legacy. There's a difference between being known and doing something that actually matters. We live in this generation where people want to be known, people want to be famous, but what are we really leaving behind? Throughout this series, we've been speaking about every single week how God has chosen us. God has chosen us despite our past, despite our problems. If you're with us last week, we spoke about how sometimes God chooses us in the midst of our pain, and a lot of times our pain and our problems are actually proof for the presence of God, not the absence of God. But the question that I want to ask today, because I hope by now you guys believe that you are chosen by God, the question is, what are we going to do with God's calling on our life? What are we going to do with the fact that we are chosen? You see, I believe there are many people that never step into the calling that God has on their lives. There are many people that never step into the places that God wants us to go. If you've been with us through this series, we've been in the book of 2 Timothy and uh, 2 Timothy is an emotional book we've learned about through these last weeks because this is the last book that Paul would write before he was eventually put to death. And what he's doing in this book, he's, he's giving advice to a young preacher named Timothy. And he's speaking about how, Timothy, you're chosen, you're chosen, God has chosen you. What we're doing today in the last part of our series, in the last message, I want us to look at the very last words that Paul gives Timothy. These are the last words that, that Paul would eventually pen before he's put to death. And last words always have weight. And so what, what Paul wants to do is he wants Timothy to begin to think about his legacy. What are you going to leave behind? What are you going to do with this calling that God has placed in his life? You see, I have a belief, friends, that God has an infinite potential for my life. And he has an infinite potential for your life. And he wants to do something through us. But I also have the belief that the only person that can hold me back from the place that God wants me to go is me. The only person that can hold you back from the calling that God has on your life, the purpose he has for you, is you. And so Paul wants to get this message across to Timothy. What are you going to do? What is your legacy going to be? And so in 2 Timothy, he says again in verse 2, he says, preach the word of God. 
He says, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. You see, the question that Paul wants Timothy to think is, what are you going to leave behind? What is going to be your lasting legacy? And some of you guys are saying to yourselves, well, I'm not that old. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. I don't plan on dying. But friends, what I want to suggest this morning is that legacy is not something we do at the end of our lives. Our legacy is a result of every single decision we make throughout our lives. And so what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, you need to be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. In other words, what he's telling Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, if you're going to wait for the perfect time to start working on your legacy, to start being worried about what you're going to leave behind, he's saying there's never going to be a good time. So he says, be ready whether the time is good or the time is bad. And this is interesting because so many of us, the reason that we never step into the places that God calls us to go is because we're worried if it's the right time. We say things like, well, I'm not sure I'm in the right headspace for God to use me. I'm not sure my life is in the place where it should be. And we're worried about time. We're worried about our life circumstances. But Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, be prepared at all times, whether it's good for you or not. One of the, one of the biggest holdbacks, uh, the things that held us back before we started this church, one of the things, at least for me, uh, that I was worried about, other than fear, was timing. Uh, I spoke to a lot of different people, and people have many different opinions on if we should start a church, and uh, one of the things that people talked about was timing, right? Like, and some people thought, well, maybe you're too young to start a church, Maybe you need like 10 years more experience. Maybe you need to be a little bit older, more experienced. Then you can start a church. And these are the same things and fears that I had in my own head. I was like, maybe I'm too young to start a church. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe there'll be a better time for me to start this church. And I'll tell you this, friends. There's never really a good time to quit your job. It's, it's never really a fun time to, to lose your salary. But I, I was so worried about timing. Am I too young? Is this the right time? Is this what God wants me to do right now? And it's funny what really, what really pushed me forward, what pushed us forward, and we were like, man, it is the time for us to do this, uh, is two things. Number one, I believe and believed wholeheartedly that God had called us to start this church. This was a calling that God had placed on our lives. And so as much as the timing maybe wasn't ideal, maybe I wasn't old enough, God had placed this calling on us. And so it was very difficult for us to step away from it. But the, the really thing, one of the things that really pushed us over the edge, I was listening um, to an interview with a pastor. And the interview was all about timing. And uh, they asked the pastor, they said, uh, what, what do you do when things aren't the right time? Like, how do you know it's the right time? And uh, this pastor said to him, he said, you know, I learned something. He said, I've learned that in life, if you get ahead of God, he'll slow you down. But if you get behind him, he'll choose someone else. I, ha I have this on the screen if you guys want to see it. I I'd encourage you to write this one down uh, if we can get it up there. But if you get ahead of God, he'll slow you down. But if you get behind him, he'll find someone else. And it's interesting because this spoke to me in, in such a profound way because it made me realize something. God chose me. God had a calling on my life. But God didn't need me. 
God didn't need me. You see, I, I have a belief, uh, and a lot of it is based on facts, that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in Edmonton, in St. Albert, in this surrounding area that do not know who Jesus is. They don't know who God is. And so what that means is every single day there are people living without hope, living without joy, living without a plan for their future. And so what that means is I could wait for the perfect timing, but there are people in need every single day. And so what I got out of that was that if I'm too ahead, like if God was like, this is not what I want you to do, Harrison, just stop. He'll slow me down. But if God has a calling on your life and he has called you to do something and we say no, he'll find someone else. And that's not a bad thing. God doesn't need me. And God doesn't need you. If you guys want to take notes, write that down. Right? God doesn't need me. And that's why I never will never beg anyone to do anything because God doesn't need you and God doesn't need me. But here's the thing. Because I believe wholeheartedly that God came knocking on our doors. God chose us for this thing. God placed this purpose in our lives. And so what I realized is I would be an absolute fool to say no. Why would I say no? Because God chose us. God gave us a privilege. Every single time I come up here, I try to tell you guys, man, it is a privilege that God chose us. It's a privilege that we're doing this. But here's the thing, friends, if I would have waited for the right time, if I would have waited until I felt like I'm more experienced, I know more, our finances are more in place, we never would have done it. I want to speak to someone because there's someone in this room, you're waiting for the right time to move on what God has called you to do. Friends, a principle that I found in life to be true is that there is never a good time. There's never a good time. There's always going to be something else. There's always going to be kids. There's always going to be financial constraints. There's always going to be school. There's always going to be a job. There's always going to be something that makes the timing not right. And we'll say to ourselves, I just, I can't right now. I feel it, but I can't. And so what Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, you need to be ready in season and out. You need to be ready when the time is good and when the time is not. You see, if Paul only waited for the time to be right, Paul never would have done much. If Paul would have said to himself, you know what, I'm going to write to Timothy when I get out of prison, there never would have been a letter to Timothy because Paul never made it out of prison. If Paul waited until his circumstances were in a position where he was like, man, this is good, this is what I feel, we wouldn't have at least five of his books that we have in the New Testament because Paul wrote five of the books from prison. He wrote it in a time that was inconvenient to him. And so, friends, the, the, we're talking about legacy. We're talking about what we can do to make a difference. The first thing that we have to realize is that we cannot be all about us. It's not about me. It's not about me. Because when we make it all about me, we are me-focused. The time is not right for me. I'm not sure I know about, enough about Jesus to do anything. I'm not sure that I can step into the place that God has called me to go. But what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, be ready at all times, whether it's convenient, whether you feel like it, whether you're feeling happy, whether you're feeling sad, it's not about you. It's not about me. And that's the beauty of what legacy is, is that God doesn't need me. And Paul's greatest moments, his greatest moments came in his worst circumstances. God did the most through his life when Paul was going through his worst. 
Friends, I have a belief about God. God wants to turn your bad timing into your testimony. You see, I have, no, I have no troubles and I have no qualms telling people I'm probably too young to be leading the church. I don't mind when people say, like, how old are you? Someone thought I was 30 a few weeks ago. I'm not 30. I'm younger, so you guys can figure out how old I am. But I have no qualms saying I'm not old enough. I have no qualms telling people that right now I'm doing this for free because it's not convenient to me, but that's fine. It's not about me. And so what I can do is that the worse my circumstances, the younger I am, I don't mind it because I can just give more glory to God. I can give more glory to God. I can say, I don't know why God chose me because he probably could have found someone else. And so what I'm saying is that God wants to turn your bad timing into your testimony. God wants to say, man, and, and people are going to look at your life. They're going to say, how, did that, how does that person do it? They have three kids. They work full time. They go to school, and yet they're still making a difference. You see, we have to realize, friends, it's not about me because God is often a God of the inconvenient. He's a God of the inconvenient. If you read any type of scripture, it's not like God comes knocking in the best times of people's lives. If you're waiting for the right time, I'm just here to tell you this morning, the time may never come. Because God is a God of the inconvenient, and God chooses us in times that may not be best. But the problem, the thing is, and what we have to realize if we want to have a long-lasting legacy, is that it's not about me. Paul is saying, Timothy, it's not about you. So he says, be ready in season and out, for a time is coming. A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you, someone say, but you, should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Suffering for the Lord. (laughs) My bad. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. So it's interesting because Paul says to Timothy, he says, the reason that you can't be all about you is because people are all about themselves. He says, if you want to make a difference, if you want to have a long-lasting legacy, you have to be about other people because you're entering into a time when people are going to be all about themselves. And I don't know if this sounds like the time that we live in, but it sure sounds like the time that we live in. People are all about themselves. And so Paul says you need to be selfless because people are selfish. You see, what Paul is telling Timothy is you want to make a difference, you want to have a legacy in a time when people are all about themselves, you need to be all about other people. That's where legacy comes from, is when we can become about other people. I was speaking to a friend this week, and and we were talking, and, and she was commenting, and she said, you know, nowadays... She said, everybody wants to be a social media influencer. Do you guys know what a social media influencer is? I'll tell you. They're basically just people that on social media and platforms like that. They just try to build up their brand, build up their name. Uh, In order that they become so famous, companies will often send them things uh, to model, and they pay them just for being them because they're popular and they're an influencer, if you will. She said, everyone in our culture today wants to be a social media influencer. And to understand this, I'm not against social media influencers. Uh, I wish I was one. 
I don't actually, but... Um, but it's interesting. That's the culture that we live in. We want to build up ourselves, build up ourselves, build up our brand, build up me. But what I've realized is the problem of me and the power of me is that me only produces more of me. So if your goal in life is to build up your name, is to build up your brand, that's fine. But you're going to come to a point where you realize the end result of that is just more of me. It's just more of me. And I think that if, if we were to be honest and if we just look around us, we're living in a time and in a space where depression, anxiety, sadness, loneliness is higher than ever. And I don't think it's a coincidence that all of these things are so high because we live in a culture that is all about me. And the problem of me, the power of me, is that when I pursue me, the end result is just more of me. What Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, if you want to have a lasting legacy, if you want to do something that makes a difference, don't search out more of you. Be more about other people. That's where legacy comes from. He's saying, Timothy, there's a time people are about themselves, but not you. But you have a calling on your life, and your calling is for other people. I was reading um, this week, I'm not sure how many of you guys have heard of a man by the name of Eugene Peterson. Um, there may be a few people in this room. Uh, Eugene Peterson is a pastor. He's a theologian, and uh, he's also a writer. And uh, Eugene Peterson's call to fame uh, is probably his writing or translation known as the Message Bible. And uh, what the Message Bible is, it's a contemporary version of the Bible uh, that Eugene Peterson translated. Eugene Peterson passed away uh, this week at the age of 85. And uh, I've always really enjoyed Eugene Peterson's writing and the message. And so I was just, uh, just kind of doing more research about him this week because he passed away. And uh, it's interesting just to hear about his life and to read about him. Uh, Eugene Peterson, he's, he's gone, but I believe that he's left behind a legacy. He's left behind something that will not end. And uh, what he has left behind is, is, I mean, predominantly the Message Bible. It's been sold over 16 million copies uh, millions of people have come to faith as a result of Eugene Peterson's legacy. But what I love more than the Message Bible, I love the story behind it. I love the story of how the Message Bible came to be. Uh, Eugene Peterson was a pastor. And uh, he was a pastor, but he was also a theologian. And so he was actually a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. For those who are unaware that the Bible was written in Hebrew and is written in Greek. And uh, what was happening, Eugene Peterson had a Bible study with his church, he was just in his basement, and it was a few men. And what he noticed was that most of these men that were reading the Bible, they weren't getting anything from what they were reading. Have any of you guys ever read the Bible and not felt like you were getting anything? So Eugene Peterson, he saw this problem, and so what he decided to do, he decided that he was going to translate passages for this Bible study group into a language that made sense for them. Because so, he was a scholar, and so what he did, he went into the Greek, he went into the Hebrew, and he translated short little passages into modern-day English for the people in his Bible study group. And what he saw was that those people began to love the Bible like never before. It was speaking to them. It was making sense. And so what Peterson decided to do next, he decided to translate uh, passages, whole books in the Bible for his church. So he would go through, his, through a series in his church, much like we're going through 2 Timothy and he would translate the whole thing into modern English so that people could, could understand it better. So there were sayings and idioms that made sense to them. 
And again, people loved what he was doing. They were coming to faith. They were understanding the Bible for the first time. And so what he decided to do, he decided after that to translate the entire Bible. And people were telling him, Eugene, you got to do this. You got to do this. And so finally, from start to finish, 35 years, he translated the whole Bible. And that became known as the Message Bible. The Bible that has been sold over 60 million times has brought many people to faith who would not under otherwise read the Bible. And I was watching an interview with him. It was one of the last public interviews he did before he passed away. And they asked him about the Message Bible. And they said, Eugene, did you know what you were doing was going to make a difference? Did you know that you were doing something as extraordinary as what you were doing? And I loved what his answer was. He says, you know, I, I didn't think that I was doing anything extraordinary. He's like, I really didn't think I was. He's like, but what I knew was that I was doing something extraordinary for my congregation. I knew I was doing something extraordinary for my church, for other people. You see, Eugene's goal in life was never to make his name be known. He didn't write the Message Bible so he could sell 16 million copies. He, what he wanted to do was he wanted other people to be able to read the Bible for it to make sense to him. You see, his legacy, the reason that he's going to be remembered for years and years after his death is because he was all about other people. What he did was for someone else. And friends, what I'm saying in our lives, when God is calling us to do something, God is calling us to live a life for other people. You see, the beauty of being chosen by God is that God has chosen me for someone else. I need you to get this. Because for the last three weeks, I've been telling you that God has chosen you and he has. But God has chosen you for someone else. For someone else. You see, legacy, real and true legacy, comes when we were all about other people. Look at anyone who, is, anyone who has done anything. Steve Jobs is not known because he's Steve Jobs. If he was Steve Jobs that was all about himself. No one would have any idea who he is. But what he did, he created Apple and the iPhone. He created a product for people and everything that he's done is for other people. And so that is why he is known. That's why he has a legacy. That's why after he is gone, people still speak about him because he did something for other people. Friends, as we close up this series, what I want us to realize is that God has chosen you specifically for a purpose. And that purpose is someone else the gifts that God has given you, the talents that he has given you, the places that he has put you in, he has put you there for someone else. For someone else. For people in this room, your legacy is going to be seen in many different ways. Many different ways. But the thing that ties everything together is legacy comes when we are about other people. For some of us, your legacy is going to be seen in your family. It's going to be seen in your family. It's going to be seen in your kids. They're going to know that, man, that person was all about their family. They're all about someone else. For anyone who has kids that comes to church, you know the battle it is just to get your kids to church. And here's the thing. For the most part, the battle really isn't your kids. They may be hard, but the battle is with you because it's hard. It's hard to get them to come in the car. It's hard to get them bathed. It's hard to get them ready. But you see what happens when they get here. That's where legacy begins to happen. That's where they have this background of faith because of your sacrifice, 
because you said to yourself, you know what, I'm not going to be about myself this morning. I don't really feel like being here, but I know my kids need this. That's legacy. That's legacy. And one day they're going to grow up and they're going to be giants in the faith. And it's because of the sacrifice that you made. Because you were all about other people. For some of us, our legacy is going to be in this church. And you're going to say, man, I want to serve in this place. I want God to use me in this place. And you're going to do something and God's going to use you to change someone else's life. What I tell our team every single morning when we huddle, I say, everything that you are doing today, you're doing it for someone else. That smile, that cup of coffee, that poster is for someone else to see. It's for someone else to be blessed. You see, God chooses us for other people. And the result of that is legacy. The result of that is legacy. You see, the power of me is that God chooses me for someone else. But the result of us being all about other people is that your name is known. But if you're all about trying to get your name known, your name will never be known. But when we're about other people, the result is that God glorifies us. God lifts us up. And we have a legacy. We have something that we leave behind. And so Paul, as he's closing his letter to Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, think on these things. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to have left behind? What do you want people to know you for? And Paul gives us a glimpse of his life. And this is what he's able to say at the end of his life. He's able to say, for me, as for me, he's saying, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. He says, Timothy, my whole life, ever since God came into it, I've been about other people. The time of my death is near. He's like, my time is over, but I'm not, I'm not really scared. I'm not really worried. I, I don't think that my time is the end. He says, I fought the good fight, and I finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits for me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day of his return. He's saying, because I have been faithful, because I have been all about other people, there's a prize waiting for me. Friends, the prize for Paul is really just seeing the lives that he was able to impact. The lives he was able to change. And get this at the end. He says, the prize is not just for me. He's like, I'm not the only one that can do this. I spoke about my sacrifice, uh, about my bad timing, but guys, I'm not the only one that can do this. He's saying there's a prize that awaits everyone, everyone who eagerly looks forward to his appearing. Anyone in this room, anyone in this world that is not about themselves, that is all about other people, there's a prize waiting for you. And that prize is a life changed. That prize is a legacy. And so I want to encourage you guys as, you, as we finish this series, as we leave this season behind uh, of this idea of being chosen, I want us to remember that God has chosen us. God has chosen me. God has chosen you for someone else. I wonder what God has chosen you for. I wonder what position he's put you in or he wants you to change someone else's life. And the easiest thing, how do, I, how do I figure out, how do I find out where God has called me? Just be about other people and you will see that things begin to fall into place. As soon as I'm not the center of my life, God will make clear where he wants you to go, what he wants you to do, the life that he wants you to change. And every single one of us in this room, God has a calling, God has a place for your life. 
And there's no greater joy, there's no greater feat than seeing someone's life changed because of your sacrifice. And that's a privilege that God gives us. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. Hey, if this has inspired or encouraged you and you want to know more about Kingdom Church, we invite you to head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything you need there and more. Take care.